0: search each man different living his own way searching discovering numero uno
1: hey everyone and welcome to broken by concept episode 85 uh welcome back my name is coach curtis first name coach second name or last name curtis and what do you do curtis and i coach mid lane and then what do you do nathan what's your name my name is nathan mott
0: i actually have the uh I'm brave enough to use my last name, Mott. Wow. And (laughs) You're so brave. I teach... I help people get better at jungling in League of Legends. You coach jungle. I help people get better at jungling at League of Legends. I don't call myself a coach. Okay. Um, So... (laughs) So, so? If you guys have seen the... One light's died. We've had some technical difficulties on the podcast because you guys know there's lots of technical difficulties on this this scruffy podcast. She's just out of control. So Curtis has, uh, he has the proper artificial light and I've got natural light. It's going to look a bit scuffed, but this is this is an audio podcast. No one watches the YouTube anyway. Everyone watches on Spotify. You're right? getting erosive for that. <laughs> but it, it's on its way. We've got some, we've got some new lighting we coming. Are, we will be upgrading our facilities. We will. <laughs> We're going to be
1: upgrading our facilities here in the near future. Yes. That's for sure. Uh, what's, what's this episode okay. about, Curtis? So I um <clears throat> I listen to another podcast occasionally. Shout out to Andrew Huberman. I know there's some people here who listen to it. Also, amazing, amazing resource for just. It's probably one of the most informative podcast slash YouTube channels out there. Um, just Andrew Huberman, and this guy um, does interviews with. Uh, like professors and, and stuff like that. and I, Scientists. Scientists. And I, and I stumbled across this uh, recent episode that he did that spoke to the guest w- uh, named Dr. Alia Crum, Associate Professor of Psychology at Stanford University and Director of the Stanford Mind and Body Laboratory. Dr. Crum is a world expert on mindsets and beliefs and how they shape our responses to stress, exercise, and even foods we eat. Now... I stumbled across it. I was listening casually, and I was
0: why I was, is this relevant
1: for the BBC? Well, let's 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 break it down this first. Is, a,
0: is this a League of Legends podcast, or is this a
1: science? Well, as I, as I want to tell the story of how it is it all came together, right? <laughs> because I was making dinner, yeah, and I was listening to it, yeah, and I found myself having to pause it and just be like, "Holy moly! This is just directly. This is all about." I mean, we can tie this directly to the league. Mindset, we talk about mindset all the time. Mindset, the biggest buzzword in the 21st century. Um, and, and here, Aaliyah Crum breaks down how a mindset works and how a mindset can actually have a physiological response in our body. So I remember I was at home making dinner and I just found myself grabbing a notepad, having to write down notes because this is just game changing. This is game changing. Okay. I love
0: science, and I love the I love these because other they Curtis and I, we just talk about our experiences. You know, we're not scientists; we don't do studies. Don't we don't research. Just talk out of our ass. We know. just we talk out we of know. our ass. We we know know we're we're not about. Harvard experts, so. When we see, I mean, a lot of people love our ADHD episode, and yep. that was we that we, was inspired by Andrew Huberman. We did a lot of research on that, and then we did the the Andrew Huberman podcast for that one as well. And people love that episodes. So we're going to do the same thing for this episode. Get more scientific. Well, I feel
1: like that's actually a big theme of mindset. the BBC. We, we we kind of grab inspiration from, from like, outside from industries, from other yeah. sports and other industries mm. and tie it back to League and SoloQ. So you know. This is a very in-depth topic, but TLDR we're gonna be talking about mindsets, okay? And the first thing we need to talk about here is what the hell is a mindset? Let's define you ever a like, mindset.
0: Curtis minds you've got the mindset playlist. Mindset, sh- mindset, yep. who cares? Yep. It's all about items and yep. and playing the OP champs. Who needs a mindset in League of
1: Legends? You're you talking well, what you know, when you when you hear that word mindset, it's It's a buzzword. It's a buzzword. You know, it doesn't really mean anything to a lot of people. So one of the things she said in the podcast was that Think of a mindset as like a baseline belief, right? Think of it as like, it. that's like the foundation. That's what you already believe about that one thing. And, and she kind of mentioned how it's a connection or she thinks of it as kind of like a connection between the conscious and subconscious. And I really resonate with that because when you when you think about your mindset towards anything, right? What What is com- usually there, like the baseline thing is what you've just been conditioned to believe or what, you know, your up it's been shaped by your upbringing, the you know, cultural influences, um, things like that. So I think that's like a really simplistic way of viewing a mindset. You had also a definition, right? Our mindsets
0: are influenced by upbringing, how our parents talked about certain topics. I mean, things we're going to be focusing on today is, you know, how they talked about maybe food, stress, video games. Yep, yep. Uh, culture and media, influential others. So that's like influencers, I guess. Listening to Curtis and I, I guess. Yep. And then the last one is your conscious choice,
1: right? So, so um, in this podcast, Aaliyah described a few experiments. So let's first talk about the the one that blew us away, which was the the milk. You want to start with the milkshake experiment? Yep. So essentially, um, TLDR, they did this experiment where they gave a group of people a milkshake and they said this was a really you know indulgent fatty fatty, high calorie milkshake and then they measured the, the stomach's response to how it like processed it essentially processed this milkshake and then uh, how long was it like after like a, was it a week or a month it was a week yeah. I think it was a week later they got the same group of people gave them the exact same milkshake but and they were told that it was a low calorie health shake um, and then they, again they measured the the body's or stomach's response to processing that milkshake and what they found is that when the people came in and they thought that it was a healthy shake or sorry an, an indulgent shake their body literally had a different response their stomach processed the food differently
0: If you can watch the podcast we'll have the link there she talks about the specific science around it but that's the we don't know exactly she talked about. Threefold some protein right, in the body, like ghrelin or something. Yeah, that's not
1: important. But when I heard this, it, it, it kind of blew my mind in a way. Like you're like, holy crap! Like we we've always we've always spoke about the importance of how you think of something, what how you how you perceive an event, but we couldn't prove that. But there were experiments done that literally proved there's a physiological response to how you perceive something.
0: Yeah, well, the craziest wow. thing to me about this experiment was. I mean, like, so we're starting off really basic, like literally food. Food. Food, like there's just this thing that's going to go in your body and it has the same nutrients, same everything, but it will be processed differently based on how you view it. And the other thing as well is she talked about um, um, if you view food specifically as um, um, fattening and, like, indulgent, you actually be less hungry.
1: You'll be more satisfied with that. Whatever you ate. But yeah. if you
0: ate something like health, something you perceive healthy and it was sort of like a chore, you would be actually be more hungry.
1: You, yeah, your body will literally be more hungry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is fascinating. Now, you may ask, how does this all tie into league? Okay. Now, I want to talk a little bit about here. And the obvious one people are going to say, well, isn't that just a classic placebo effect? Well, Yeah, it, it is a placebo effect. But let's go a little bit deeper here. What she said was that the benefit of something, now, this could be, let's say, let's input coaching. In here let's input a three book let's input anything that you get anything that you do the benefit of the benefit of something isn't just the raw effect of that activity it is made up of three things and it's also so it's actually so there's the the actual um benefit of whatever it is you do there's the um there's the social expectations of revolved around that activity There's the, um, there's the stress involved and there's also the cultural expectations. These are all things that kind of interact around this placebo effect. So you can't, so, so here it says this placebo effects actually are three things is the social context of whatever it is you're doing. There's the mindset and belief you have towards it. And then there's the natural physiological responses, so let's just say you do a coaching session, Nathan, you know, someone in the to. they come in, come into the allocated platinum coaching, you do a session with them, you, you know, you look over their gameplay and, you know, so I'm assuming there's a group of people when they're listening as well. Well, when they go into the next block, they're going to be thinking about, oh, wow, there's the... I just had this session with Nathan and all the Soul 2 people that are watching me. And so obviously, this is going to get pumped up. They're probably feeling like this gave them a lot of value. And then again, if they, if they felt as though that coaching session gave them a lot of value, it's going to have an impact on literally the, what they get from the session. But then there's also on top of that what they genuinely learned from that session. So there's a three. The, to reiterate, the three things that placebo effects actually are: the social context, the mindset and beliefs towards it, and the natural physiological responses.
0: Hmm. It's funny because we have a saying, "The saltu buff." So you join saltu, the first review, and suddenly you're <laughs> winning games. Well, that explains
1: 11. it, doesn't it? In a way, in a way, yeah. It, 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 a part of it is that you join. I mean, there's probably many other things like your just intensity might be higher. But that's
0: what. That's what I think it is. I think it's purely just you're now you're actually playing focus lens, You're actually thinking about what you're doing because you're putting
1: your money there as well. Like mm. you're, you're, you're by financially committing to something, you're not dicking around anymore. You're like, okay, I got to get value out of this thing. Right. But that's, that. that I would say that's an element of it. The, 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 it's like a slight placebo effect. Nothing has really changed, but yeah. now that you've got, well,
0: yeah, then they'll go to old habits and they have all these challenges. <laughs> and then suddenly it's like, cause everyone joins, they have the first like good yeah. blocks and stuff. And they go, Oh my God, it's all changed. And then it's like, Oh no, back to back to, this is, looks normally again.
1: So, you know, but the first thing that sprang to mind, Nathan, when I when I heard this was, you know, a common question we get in the BBC is, Curtis and Nathan, how come um, my friend spams games and they get a lot of success in solo queue, and then um, and then I I do it and it doesn't work, or just wh- why do I have to do three blocks when my when my friend over here does spams games and he gets results, you know. If you think about what one of the most culturally, I mean, I- in league anyway, accepted ways of improving or only way to improve was spamming games. If you think about it, we think back to Korean solo queue, Faker. Solo Q, Chinese solo the stories of... The best players in the world.
0: Uzi, you know, he's literally has her hand wrist issues because he RSI. plays so much.
1: Faker playing all night, being the best solo queue All the best pro players spamming games. Mm. So if your benchmark is... All the best players spam games. That's that's all the best the, the best people who win worlds, they all spam games. In your mind, no matter what, mindset. it's you're you're gonna believe that spamming games is the way to go. That that is just the culturally accepted way to improve. Now, if you believe that, if you genuinely believe that spamming games is gonna make you better, it's gonna have a positive effect on what you take away from that experience. Now, the funny thing is though, is that let's just say you've been introduced to Nathan and I, and we've spoken about the dangers of spamming games. We've spoken about the importance of three blocking. If you go ahead and spam games after that, you're now probably going to have, even though nothing has really changed, you'll probably have a negative response to those spamming of games now that you're now aware of what could be going wrong. Mm. Now your mindset is going to shift heading into that.
0: So, placebo is like a phenomenon, a little bit phenomenon in medicine because, and you know, that's where you hear it from. When you're told about the side effects of, say, like some injection or some, some medication, you're actually more likely to experience those side effects.
1: Right, right. And even Andrew Uberman said he doesn't even read the side effects of medication anymore no. because he doesn't want to be aware of mm. them. And it's super fascinating because I actually view that in many ways similar to coaching where have you ever had a client where? We come out of it and you're like, I just made that guy worse, <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> right? Like, yeah, I just like it's a meme. Things. It's it's a meme, yeah. but it's true. Like yeah. sometimes
1: you can make a player worse through coaching. Like mm. you come out of a session and like, God damn, like I didn't need to go into that. I shouldn't even have touched on that. Mm. And now he's aware of something. all the
0: mistakes that he could be making. Yeah. Well, because
1: because th- here we go. Look, this is what he- she said. Elia Al- said in the in the podcast. She said sometimes we are actually like we're already experiencing something like we already experienced we're just unaware of that we're experiencing that but now when it's whether it's a solution or non-solution once it's brought to that person's attention now they're they're thinking holy shit i've been doing this wrong the whole time and they're now they're starting to question everything that they do or like say you point out that this person um doesn't pan their camera and misses opportunities they're going to start panicking and and again now they're more aware of it they're going to play worse in a way yeah so at, at times Yep. um so that's something at play here as well but yeah i think that and this is the challenge for us nathan when we're kind of talking about um having a good quality process is that in a way because it's so new it hasn't really been proven like in a way it's kind of like this new fancy medicine that's still in trial, that is still like it's still getting tested. So for people from the outside, they're thinking, Well, I thought the only medicine was to do to do this, spam games and this and is this be new talented medicine? as well. And or and be talented, yeah. right? And and this is this new out outside of the box thing. Like it's not proven to many people. So they 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 come in with trepidation. Which again, if you come in half-assing the three block method, you're not going to get results anyway. Like if you go into, if you've never done the three block method, right? And all your friendship group have spam games and they're even higher than you, but then you're like, oh, I'm going to give it a go, but you're still not believing that no. it would work. It's not going to work because every part of you, your mindset is going to be like, I, this doesn't work. I want to, pr- you're, you're, pl- you're playing to prove yourself that the three block doesn't work rather than proving that it will work. Does that make sense? Yep. Um, which I think is very powerful.
0: The hotel worker study. Walk us through that one, Nathan. So she talked about what they did. They went to go find a group. This is more talking about exercise. A group of people that with the nature of their work, they're actually doing a lot of exercise, but they wouldn't think they're doing exercise. So these like are like exercise. maids, right? Like
1: people who like clean the rooms yeah, so and everything. linens,
0: you know, climbing stairs, like all these. And yeah, what yeah. they did was um, they told the workers that they had separate groups, right? Like they told like a certain group of workers, like that actually the exor- they were actually doing a lot of exercise. And then another group, you know, that was saying that, that they didn't say anything, you know, they just worked as normal. And what they found was, um, they, um, the workers, the hotel workers that were now told that actually what you're doing is like really good for you and exercise, they actually had benefits to their health. They actually lost weight, Right. And they decrease their blood pressure, and they're doing the exact same thing as the workers, that like their peers uh, weren't told that there was health benefits from what their work was doing.
1: So just the just the now the awareness, mm. the awareness of the benefits of what they were doing, changed their body's response to the activity. Mm. Incredible. Their mindset shifted. Their mindset shifted, so their body adapts to the mindset. Or their mindset alters because they asked these workers. They said.
0: Do you feel like you do before the experiment? Do you feel like you do exercise? And they said, no, nah, they do nothing.
1: <laughs> well, they, I think they rated what like, they rated themselves like a three out of 10 or mm. something out of f- being physically fit or something like that. Mm. It's incredible. It's actually incredible. Um, and how does that, how do you think that respond, that, that that connects with league, Nathan?
0: Well, again, that's just another example, I think of of the the importance of, Of changing mindset I mean I I think Like believing
1: that What you're doing
0: is good Yeah I mean She goes and talks about
1: Well I think Nathan Sorry to take a step back And I'm sorry if This detours you a little bit But in one of the other Previous episodes we spoke about The importance of believing You can do something And you know The premise of this episode Is I want to kind of talk about How How belief is it's not just hoodoo voodoo like you know it's curtis whatever you can i can believe that i can climb but how's it really going to help me like this is the science behind why believing you can do something is important and how your belief in something will have a physiological response in your brain in terms of you know literally your your hormones Mm.
0: yeah so what i was going to say was so I guess there's like bigger picture. It's like believing mm. you can actually get climb climb high rank. And then you go break down specific mindset towards the certain things in the game specifically. So mm.
1: Mm.
0: I wrote some down here. Okay. What's your mindset towards your teammate dying? What's your mindset towards a loss streak? What's your mindset towards a win streak? What's your mindset to losing lane? What's your mindset to winning lane? What's your mindset to a mistake? A mistake what's your mindset to your definition of like you know how like you're winning and losing like how you actually overall won a game i mean it gets really specific for me my mindset when when a, when i'm reviewing a game well, this is as a jungler's perspective and someone on my teammate dies my default mindset belief is how did my actions get that person to die could i have predicted that and, like, let's say if it's the enemy jungler ganking it specifically, right? Should I have pinged it? Those are the first things that's going through my head. But let's say maybe another player, they think their mindset towards a teammate's dying, they're trash. They should have known the enemy jungler was there. Um, you know, and that may be true in some aspect, but think about how different my approach is, my mindset, for the same exact same situation. You know, this is going back into the hotel worker study and the milkshake study, right? um what's an example for mid lane curtis in terms of just for people you've observed in the mla and let's say someone like uh, losing lane phase like what's your what's your mindset when you lose lane phase curtis
1: well i would say a better a more common one is um when something goes wrong like a fight happens and like you're not like say your team gets engaged on and you're not there your mindset or like a lot of people's mindset is oh my they should have respect they, they shouldn't have got engaged and like I'm, I'm catching this wave when it should be why am i not there like what could i have done to be there and and could i have foreseen that fight from happening that's and that's my mindset in a game. like if i'm in the sideline catching a wave and my team fights that's on me like, that's on you yeah i just i need to, i didn't i missed something i missed a variable somewhere that mm. told me that i needed to be there or i could have communicated way in advance what how I wanted the map to play out. Like it's, it's all on me in some way, shape or form. I just got to find where it is. I think that's a common one. I think that's a very big one uh, from a mindset perspective. And I, I think this also ties in Nathan really perfectly to the buds experiment. Okay. So th- I think this is where, um, this is where things will get interesting in terms of um, the way, like the mindset you have directly queuing into the game queuing into that solo queue game. When you're pressing queue up, you press play, you're in the loading screen, what your mindset is heading into that game. And I think this experiment ties it perfectly. So um, essentially what this experiment was is that they interviewed a, bu- a bunch of Navy SEALs or people trying to become a Navy SEAL. So there's the the Hell Week or whatever it's called, the BUDS hmm. um, training week, whatever it's called. And um, they, they asked a question, something along the lines of, I, I don't know if you have the question, but it was something along the lines of how well do you, something like how do you how well do you respond to stress how do you view stress how do you view stress sorry do you view it as a positive
0: uh, enhanced enhances your ability or is it like a negative you does it need debilitate to, you? does it debilitate you and and this is a so this was a very uh, specific one because she the public health messaging around stress in general is that it's bad... like I mean, if, if, what's your, what's your perception of stress? You know, that's like and a question I'm asking the audience right now, you know, and your response is going to be, it's negative. It's bad. That's what we're all told. That's, what, that's the entire narrative. That's the public message, you know, around stress,
1: stress. is bad. Increases your cortisol. Like, like the entire narrative has always ever been stress is a negative. So what, um, what's her name again? Aaliyah.
0: Aaliyah did where she asked the question, okay, well, let's actually look into this stress, you know, and how mindset affects stress. And then the buds experiment here, well, I think the
1: question was does your will your mindset towards stress impact will have a will it have a physiological response on your body and I think just taking a step back before we even dive into this one here, the same goes for a lot of the the public narratives in league. what is your you know do you subscribe to the narrative that there is a such thing as loser's cue? Do you subscribe to the narrative that most games are out of your control or that you get trolls all the time or what What? What underlying narrative do you subscribe to? Or even actually tying it back to stress, do you view a mistake in a game just at a simple level as a as a negative or a positive? Mm, mm. That's like a really simple one. Mm. Like when a mistake happens, are you now mad and pissed off or are you, oh, that's a growth opportunity. That's, that's something that I can learn from. That's like at a really simple level. Mm. But yeah, anyway... Um, According to their survey, they said like, well, I think 10% of people, 10 to 15% of people who were in this hell week viewed stress as a positive. They viewed it as an enhancing, like they they thrive in stressful situations, right? And it just so happens that 10, 15%... More,
0: more likely, it was more likely the people that uh, viewed it as a positive stress, they were more likely to succeed the... They budget.
1: actually, they basically predicted with a very high level of... Um, accuracy who would make it through the hell week how incredible is that Mm. they literally were able to like pretty accurately predict who would make it through one of the hardest most grueling training weeks of all time Right before they even took it before they even took it right and you would think that it probably is like all physical like all talent but no it's actually up here it's your mindset towards something as simple as stress so essentially what they found is that the people that were able to get through the hell week when Shit hits the fan and it's they're incredibly stressed. If you believe that that stress is actually going to make you better, you're going to perform better. You're just going to just overall perform better. Um, now, I think this is interesting because um, um, I think this ties into one of the, the, the key messages that I wanted to get across in this podcast, which is there's two responses that generally happen when a stressful event happens. Two responses. Someone either freaks out or they check out. Now, when you think of our lives, right? Even like our our family and, and just people we know, that is incredibly accurate. Like I know from my experience with people I know, when shit hits the fan, they're just going to check out a lot of the time. This is too stressful for them. The example that she used in the podcast was, how are you responding to the global pandemic and COVID? Are you going to you know, check out and pretend nothing, you know, just dissociate from whatever's happening around you in the world, which I would say is a tactic that a lot of people are employing. Or are you going to freak the fuck out and be like, Oh my God, what's the, what are the consequences is going to have on our social dynamics and mm. how is this going to influence my son and daughter and their schooling? And you're going to start to go through everything. You're just going to freak the hell out. Right. It's, it's quite uncommon that someone to a stressful event will take a step back and see this as a challenge. And that's what I loved about this is that when you are able to see stress as a challenge rather than a threat, this is something that like a challenge that I'm ready to face. It's going to be hard. It's going to be fucking hard. But it's something that I can I can push myself. I can I can you know um, put my best effort forward and I can get something from it. You have a positive response to now that that stressful event
0: change your mindset from using the words like oh, how do I cope or manage this stress it's like how can I thrive with this stress that's
1: so powerful man like think about that that what you just said cope how do I cope or avoid <laughs> this stressful event versus how do I thrive even if in your mind you don't even think that's possible hmm. like even if you are you, like how the hell could that be possible You know, you gotta you gotta again adopt this mindset. And that's where it all and where it all starts is that's the question. How this stressful situation, how can I see this? This is a challenge to tell yourself this is a challenge. And this is the advice I now gave to Niall. So Niall in my Midland Academy, he's starting to to get high, right? He's never been Grandmaster before. He got grandmaster, he's starting to really like get into high-ranked games. And I told him, man. There's no such thing as an easy game anymore. You're going to be challenged. Just accept it. You're going to be... Every game will be hard. You're I told to him. sweat every game. Now, but rather than viewing everything as a stressful game and, oh my God, it's, oh, I'm going to lose. I'm losing this great laner, 700 LP laner here. And Okay. Let's just establish the fact that every game is going to be a challenge. Every game is going to be hard as fuck. Now, what are you going to do about it? It's a challenge. Rise up to the occasion. Express your best self. Get into it. Don't hide the fact. Don't run away from it. Don't run away from the fact that it's going to be hard. Don't freak out either. Tackle the challenge. It's a challenge. We love challenges. Train your brain to love and thrive and thrive in challenging environments. And it says here, our mind and body adapts when we view things as a challenge, not a threat. Very easy to view things as a
0: threat, isn't it's it? It's like fight or flight, right? We run away from th- what we, we think are threats.
1: And you know... This one hits very close to home for me personally because in my, in my life, you know, when I think about times where I've done my greatest work and I've had my greatest accomplishments, it's always been in stressful scenarios. Mm. Always. I've never done amazing work when I'm comfortable. Never. Doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. It never happens. When I'm in my comfort zone, I never do amazing work. When your back is against the wall, like there's that, you know, that's like that cheesy quote. It's like where there's a will, there's a way. Yeah. Like I believe, I genuinely believe in that. Like mm. if you're backed against the wall and you've got no way out and you've got to figure out a way, like humans can do some incredible stuff. Like I genuinely believe like humans can do um, amazing stuff and it all stems from, because that, what's, what, what's the alternative? you you've got nothing to lose. You've got to, you've got to figure out a way. It's a challenge and then if you, if you kind of adopt that mentality, I mean, it's a do or die right now, <laughs> then you can do some incredible stuff. And just that... just one Switching st- mindset. Switch that mindset. It was a Bruce Lee. He said,
0: he doesn't pray for an easy life. He prays for the strength to
1: endure a difficult one. I love that quote. It's so beautiful. And I, and I think that this is a bit of a, you know, I think this is going to help our coaching. Because, you know, I had a, I'm going to actually expose someone else from, he's in the book club, Nathan, he's in the book club, he's in the MLA, mm. I'm going to expose him right now, I'm going to read out what he said to me, and I even told him, I'm going to expose you on, <laughs> I'm going to expose you on the uh, BBC, he said this, um, here we go, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it out here, so he said, um, yep, my threat assessment, okay, so he says, I've really been enjoying Valorant. You know, I just want to rank up with my friendship group. I've been improving, improving much faster than League. The game is fun and easy, easier than CS:GO and easier than League. There's obviously a cost to balancing both games. I want to be, a, I want League to be my main game, and it has been for a long time. Um, but he says, in exercising terms, I want to take like a League D load to potentiate my enjoyment improvement over the long term. I mean, and when I'm reading this, I'm always just thinking like he's just looking for excuses, right? Like, he's looking for an easy way out, right? He says, sometimes I can't play more than one game. Like, it's just too hard for him, right? Like, I've even thought about quitting my favorite champion, Zed. Like, my plan is to go one or two weeks of playing one to two solo games a day with high quality review and just enjoy Valorant for a while. I believe this would be better than taking a complete break, blah, 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 blah. And he says this, League is like my wife and Valorant is like my mistress right now. I'm playing Valorant and enjoying it so much more. I mean, League games losing hard and just wishing I didn't even queue up in the first place. Um, and he says, one thing I've noticed is that I'll ego peak in Valorant a lot. The, I know I'm bet I-, I I know I'm better and you're getting one tapped type thing. Um, and essentially he's asking, you know, how can I balance both and all this stuff? And he's like, he's saying he's been all, having all these rough games and he's posted this loss streak. And um, he said to me, lastly, I think this is all to do with my, my, uh, this is all just my mental. He doesn't think it's his level of play. And I said, you're fundamentally disrespecting the game. But then when I, what I thought, like really reflecting on this is that he's not viewing, like he's, he's, he's faced like a challenge. Like he's faced like a a plateau. Like he's, shit's got hard for him for whatever reason. Stressful situation. a Stressful situation. And what has he done? Going back to the model here, freak out or check out. He's gone to the checkout. He's checking out man. He's finding a way to check out of this scenario at all costs. What's the easiest distraction? Now, when you check out, oh, I'll oh, Valorant, my friends are playing it. It's easier. I'm just going to go there. I'm going to go I'm going to leave. Check out. It's easier. League is hard. It's a stressful like solo queue is stressful. Like there's no there's no way around it. It's so stressful. We we use the
0: word embrace the chaotic nature of solo queue. That's talking about the challenge of embracing the chaotic nature. Because I think a lot of the stress, the anxiety people have is the unknown of what's going to happen in the game, what the teammates are going to do. And if you embrace it, there's chaos. You know, think about that word, embrace the chaotic nature. You're accepting there's chaos and you're going to embrace it.
1: And to even level up on that, if we even level up that statement, you could say, how could I thrive in the chaos? That's what we tried to do in Die Wars, right? We tried to make the game messy... But then get comfortable and get like, thrive in that chaotic game where there's kills left, right, and center. People are blowing flashes. Yeah. People are heavy trading. Yeah. People are getting dove. Mm-hmm. Thrive in that environment. Have fun with it. And I think with Stephen here, and I'm calling him out. He's looking to. He's checking out, man. And so if you find yourself, in the, I'm not. And look, I, I'm not going to say you know I don't want to sit here and say everyone needs to forever play league and never play another game. But, <laughs> but I think in this case specifically with yeah, Steven, yeah. given that he is quite disciplined and he's looking for, like he doesn't seem like the type of guy that, like he's only not enjoying it because again, he's, he's just again finding a way to check out. That's at least my interpretation.
0: Well, stress she also talks about is a great sort of navigation to things you care about. As yeah. well. So, you know, if he's really, you know, getting stressed about his solo queue climb stuff, that means he really cares about the game. And yeah. and that's why people get so upset when they lose and they get so stressed with ranked anxiety and stuff because they care. They do that. You care about wins and losses. You do care about You're the You're
1: only going to get stressed about something that you care about. Yeah. Right? Does
0: he get stressed playing Valorant? No, because it sounds like maybe he doesn't really care about he it as really much. He doesn't really care. Yeah.
1: Um, now, tying back to uh you know how we're talking about what a mindset is and how it's kind of like the baseline belief right um you mentioned before nathan that the the public narrative the health narrative around stress was that stress is bad right so if you actually think about what happens in our mind in that scenario if the entire narrative is stress equals bad okay let's now say we're in a stressful situation in this strips in this in this stressful situation, what's our default response going to be? Our default response, we're just going to default to whatever our previously held beliefs are. So this is the scary thing, Nathan. When you're kind of going through life, and and especially in solitude, like if you kind of just go with the flow, you're actually largely going to be unaware of what your baseline beliefs are to everything. Yep. You know, we talk about like just just reflecting, reflecting on your solo queue blocks and reflecting mm-hmm. on, like, listening to your emotions as well. Like, I talk a lot about this in my Midland Academy. When something happens in a game or a block, like, you need to reflect on what is causing that uncomfortability, what is causing that stress, what is causing that that frustration. Once you pinpoint it, a lot of the time it can lead you down a rabbit hole that will allow you to face and come to terms with what your currently held baseline belief is. For a lot of people who haven't listened to the BBC, when they, again, when they have a situation where there's a classic, um, they might not even know it. So there's a classic trade sides of the map scenario. Their bot lane's getting dove. They don't actually understand the situation and say they should be diving top trading sides of the map or something. They go into the review. If their baseline belief is, oh, my bot lane's getting dove. They're just dying on repeat. Y- y- you're just going to write that off. You're just going to write that game off. Like bot lane yep, nothing dies, to nothing to it. learn from it. Like you're, but if you dig deep, okay, this situation, I feel really uncomfortable. This is There's something here that I need to dig. Oh, okay, I actually have an underlying belief that maybe my bot lane dies, the game's over. Or you might find you have some crazy narrative there that needs to be addressed. So I think or, I, I kind of view as well, during your league journey, first of all, you're going to have to come to terms with what these baseline beliefs are. And then you're going to slowly build on top of them, block by block. In each of these areas like you said it's beliefs in specific areas it's a mindset in specific areas it's not just one mindset it's mindset in every given area you can have you know 25 different mindsets for different scenarios i love that I think it's very important and this is again another reason why you really got to reflect self awareness
0: yeah and that's talking about the she she viewed the mindset about the connection between the subconscious and the conscious mind and i like that it's a really good way because the subconscious mind is so powerful you want to you want to rely on your subconscious mind because that's that's like a a default you don't have to think that's so op it's actually it is. overpowered subconscious.
1: Muscle, the, OP. muscle memory is overpowered and yeah. that's
0: and that's and that's what we talk about dude that's what our coaching is isn't it it's yeah. just doing the boring basic stuff in league. there's nothing sexy about what we teach and and that's, that's always a very difficult pill to swallow for players, I feel, because I always feel in my coaching sessions, they want some special thing that I'm going to tell them. And then it's something they already know. And they're like, oh, you know, I could have figured that out myself. It's like, well, yeah. And you've got to do that over and over again. That's what you get. That's, you and the funny, because no one talks about this, dude. The narrative is mm-hmm. talent in the community. That's the, the public health service announcement of stress is the same as League of Legends talking I about actually think this you is another can't narrative.
1: improve. Nathan, I think there's another narrative play here. Okay, what's that? Okay, so that's one narrative. Yep. The big one is that, obviously, the, the, the talent. Yep. Right. The other one is that there there are magic solutions. Like, they exist. Mm. The narrative is that they do exist. You've got to find them. Mm-hmm, <laughs> yeah. Right? Like,
0: and that's, like, the cheesy pick to, like, abuse right. a thousand the, LP or the build. something. The, <laughs> the, the, the cheesy deal. build, the, yeah. the
1: cheesy pick, the cheesy ward. The Go che- on YouTube and look at all
0: the YouTube content. What do people click on? The... Watch this secret new build, those things have hundreds of thousands of views.
1: Everything you need to know about getting Challenger in one <laughs> yeah. in, in ten minute video. 10, 10 minute video yes. Like like I, I think that <laughs> yeah. but that's no fault it's not even the problem of the, the viewer, of like the average player. Like mm. how can they not think like that? Like if they're seeing this from the from the people that are high elo making this content or the quote-unquote experts... Well, yeah, going on, here. Yeah. I mean, know, that's, that's... That's the social influence.
0: Our mindsets are influenced by influ- influ- people who are influential. Literally influences.
1: By um, like, how can you not think like that? Like, that is the way... That's the baseline... Again, that's going to create the baseline narrative there.
0: And culture media, and that's talking yeah. about... You know, and this is going back to, you know, how your parents would have talked about
1: video games. The stigma of video games is very negative in general. You know, Nathan, this is... leads me into something else that I've been noticing in my coaching sessions. Mm-hmm. Um... Okay, so when we first started coaching Nathan, we would sometimes, and correct me if I'm wrong Nathan, but we would have these reviews where you, you have this review with someone and you look at it and it's a very messy game and sometimes you walk away from it and there's just not much learning. Mm. And like you as a coach and if someone, especially if someone's paid money for that session, you feel as though like you want to give them you want to give them some some really great pragmatic advice Mm. because, and this is why, again, at the time I felt really confused. I'm like, when I'm doing these one hour sessions, something's not working here. Like Mm. it didn't make sense to me, but what I didn't realize at the time is that sometimes the best thing you can say is that, okay, this, we're going to, this is the way you should view this situation. We'll talk about your mindset in the game and I'll go into a second. what, What else, what else I cover here? But, like sometimes there isn't just like like a pragmatic one beautiful little learning objective. Like That just sometimes that just isn't the case. That's why you got to do bulk vo- reviews. That's why we structured the salt in the that's MLA. That's why we structured the way it is. In a way that yeah. you got to do constant reviews you yeah, know, I mean, every you have three to,
0: weeks. You have to learn how to review yourself. It's not... Like rocking we can't up. be there for yeah, every game. That's right, and you can't rely so on. So
1: we're us. actually we're not. When I think of what we do, yeah, we're coaching, but we're also equipping you with the tools to that's, be able. to... Well,
0: that's what I view that I'm doing.
1: Equipping you the tools to figure it out yourself. And I've been having a lot of these reviews recently, and, and this is a really big one. I, I get people that come in and say, "Curtis, I've been dying all the time. I've been dying a lot." So when I come into that session, I don't really care about this game we're looking at. I'm actually all I'm thinking about is. What can I take away from this one game that I think will, that it, like I'm actually looking for their mindset in this game. I'm actually looking for the way they're thinking about this game and how we can take learnings from this game that will apply to the, his process for the next two weeks upon every game. And a common one, you know, we're talking about muscle memory, talking about intuition, we're talking about developing game sense. A common one that I think you and I both take for granted is we think about what the enemy wants to do that's 90% of the way I play the game That's exactly yeah. so when we play right we talk a lot about champ mastery and, mm. and knowing what you want to do that's important you definitely got to know that's what, step one that's step one it, when you get to
0: challenge games it's all about predicting what the enemy is going to do
1: right well the foundation for a lot of it is knowing what you want to do right so mm. that's the baseline but now you also got to think about what does the enemy want to do as well and I think for a lot of players they're getting so in their head what I've noticed is they're getting so in their head because they're not when they go into the review I said and this is what I actually do I say Tell me how you review this when you did this review mm. how did you review great this death? question yeah, and they walk me through it, and I say, "Oh yeah, I just thought that I should be warding and leaning no, warding and leaning is the solution to like that's that's like the that's that comes way later. Mm. What you should be saying to yourself here is why did i like why, what what would the why did I die here like from their perspective like what did they want to do like how could I have what do I need to know about their champion that would have given me a sign that I could die here? Mm. And and when you switch the na- when you switch your reference point to, it's not just about me; it's about them and what they want. Because your game plan ultimately should be what you want and what they want, and then then you create something in between. And I think that um, then like my learning then in that review is it's nothing to do with this game at all. The learning is okay in your fu- in your next reviews. All I want you to do. So all I want you to do is think about what the enemy wants to do in the post-game review. Think about what that champ wants to do. What does Fizz want to do in this game on the enemy team? What does that TF want to do? Once you think like that, it's going to be so clear what you need to do in the game, isn't it? Like Do the review from their perspective. Yeah. So literally
0: load up the client, press the vision for their team so then they can't see you, mm. and then just see the way they're playing and yeah, the what information enough. they have.
1: Yeah, but that, but like, even the thought process of thinking it through their lens is so powerful. That powerful. broadens your understanding of the game. It does. Big time. Like really, really big time. Mm. I view it in many ways like an analogy from like a, a lifting weights perspective. You know, we talk about like you do, you, you lift your weight, you say you're doing your bench press, and then on the way down, you make like, it's not just the, the, I don't know what the technical term is. It's not just like the push. It's like also on the way down, you've got to hold it. I don't know what that word is. It's like a word for it. Yeah. But anyway, you know what I mean. There's two parts. There's yeah. the there's what you do, and then and then there's the letting it come down. You can't just let it come down and, and p- create no tension because then you're actually missing. I mean, that's where a lot of your strength is actually gained on the down part so of like the you exercise. Like, you like push You don't up just and push it. And and let go. Like right. Base, it's yeah. two parts yeah. anyway. It's a it's there's two parts of the exercise. That's what i in, in league. I view as two parts. It's mm-hmm. what you want and it's what they want. What they want. Yeah. Um, and so. And so, and another finding as well, Nathan. What I've noticed is that um, in my coaching, I've I've started to get even granular in terms of learning objectives in terms of what they should do in game and what they do after game. And I've noticed a lot of players, especially around high plat, low diamond, they actually don't even need a learning objective in game. What they need is they only they need to sh- they need to have a learning objective in the post game review only. So, so okay. if, if you if so you, they
0: give them something to be looking for in their reviews. Yeah,
1: that's it. Because what I've noticed is that a lot of people struggle to develop game sense and muscle memory and intuition. And this is, I think, with the problem with like a lot of people. You say you have a client that just makes really stupid, like questionable errors that you would think are no brainers. If that's the case, a lot of the time it's not mechanical execution. It's it's not them using their lol states. It could be them when their lol state usage and wing concepts and whatever. But a lot of the time. What I've noticed is that there's something that they're not they're not able to piece together in the game, and the only way they're going to be able to understand these things is in the post game review. Okay. Um. So yeah, I, th- I found that interesting. That's interesting. And, yeah. And, and, and the reason I'm bringing this up is that I think, um, yeah. I don't mean I don't know why the hell this came up, but yeah, I just think that there isn't going to be a sexy one line learning objective that solves all your problems. Yeah. That's where we're kind of tying from It's Like there's no one stop shop solution. uh, This is now one thing you got to work on for the next three weeks. And then let's see where that gets you. Like, I don't even know where it will get a lot of people. (laughs)
0: People get worried when I say you've got to do this for like months. They're like,
1: Whoa, wait, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. That's like,
0: (laughs) the people get that. They freak out. And I just say it so casually. It's like, yeah, we have to work on this for about four months.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it can be tough. Because people don't want to hear that.
0: Yeah. You don't want to hear and that. again, the the mindset narrative. I feel like, again, if you were to say that in terms of like jujitsu or like some some traditional sport, people would be way more open to it. But apparently video games... It's just, just easy. It's just easy. It's, it's meant to be so easy. It's so easy. Yeah. It's easy to get diamond, you know? It's easy to like, get muscle. It's like, imagine if I say, you know, Curtis, you need to be doing... You know, if you just do this with your bench press, you'll be, you'll be doing a hundred kilos in like
1: two weeks. You know, it's just not how it no, works. No, I mean, it's a given that it's going to take like eight to 12, 24 months. Like that's just the, that's just the standard, you know? I mean,
0: my video with Ishan, my recent video, on my Soul 2 channel, I don't know, three months ago, I hope most of you have three months. That's, that's going gold to mastering in one year. And that is incredibly quick.
1: Oh, that's, right? that's rare. That's unbelievable. That breaks my narrative. I don't think... I, I thought it was only possible to get to like maybe low diamond. Mm. I didn't think it would be possible to go from gold to master in mid lane. So wrapping up what the
0: podcast, what she was yep. talking about, learning and teaching these mindsets. Mm. And she said a really important clarification. So obviously, Curtis and I, we have a view of the game and, and talk about the process and and that's because that gets results for us and for the students but you know when you like think about your beliefs and your mindset towards it like there's not like a right or wrong that's very important to clarify you know it's not mm. like we're shoving shit down your throat you know like you need to like look at it results it can sound like that though. it can sound like that yeah, <laughs> yeah. right and, and, and we, we do encourage <laughs> we kind of are <laughs> we, encourage. we encourage we definitely aggressively we encourage aggressively encourage and she talks about three steps here um so how do we consciously and deliberately change our mindset? So the first step, really simple. First, we need to believe that we have them, right? So our mindset towards, um, you know, a certain aspect of the game, you know, outside of the game, your mindset towards food, fitness. And then the second step is, okay, so how does this mindset, how does it make me feel? Mm. And and how is it, what results am I getting from this mindset, right? Like, let's say most extreme example. Let's say Let's say you've been... Let's be, you have, like, you know, we have clients, you know, they've been, say, gold or platinum for six years. Yep. You, they need to break down. They've got a mindset problem there. Yeah. You know, like, because sure it hasn't got results, has it? Whatever their mindsets are around certain things, it just hasn't got results, right? Yep. You know, but let's say we have, like, a um, a challenger player, you know, coming. Let's say who who has done the 10 games and sort of a lot what we don't do, that doesn't review their games and stuff. Well, that's worked for them. That's great, you know? And then, like, you'll be more lenient towards that and they they shouldn't change it completely to us you know they should be like so maybe take some things maybe they want us to look at some games more objectively here you know get our thoughts but that person by no means should just suddenly just change everything and go to the three block process right because that person's got results with their mindsets and beliefs their way right you know, there's a there's an argument for how do you get to the next level, and that's when we think discipline and. But we wouldn't structure. we wouldn't explode the whole thing though. No, you would, you would increment
1: would. it very slowly. That's right. Like and then again, you would experiment
0: thing. like things. Does it work? Does it not work? Yeah. And she talks about a great um, way of think. Think of yourself as a scientist in terms of these beliefs and mindsets. It keeps adjusting, it. and what you're looking for are very adaptive mindsets, not like fixed mindsets. Like this is the way of view. It. It's like let's say what's it, what would be an example of an adaptive mindset in the game. It's
1: um well i i think that you're on oh, no, uh, a good one would be around wing cons right like how your wing con you could be, you could be obsessed yes. about a wing con, but then it can just it's change changed. that's good that's straight, straight away yeah
0: that's a perfect one yeah you're very adaptable, adaptable. for your your, 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 your my, i guess the belief the mindset is your wing con can change at any moment that's the mindset that's the mindset right, right?
1: um well like i think even as well a big one when it comes to changing mindsets right um like, I had a, my mindset around Corky was that he's fundamentally just terrible at solo queue, but I had to change that mindset because of, I mean, him being strong. Like, he just is strong, right? Like, I had to change it. Like, And I think I was, in a way, delusional about the strength of Corky purely because of my mindset, but... You know, you just got to kind of change. <laughs> you got to change your mindset about it. It wasn't
0: working for you. No. So you wanted to alter it. Yeah. You yeah. was not getting
1: the results. Yeah. You should look at the results. Yeah.
0: The question you're asking is Is this mindset helpful or harmful? So that's the question. Mm-hmm. That's the last final question. And she says, Treat yourself like a scientist. See what's serving you, seeing what is not. And that's really important. You know, like, you know, if you have a way that's just serving you perfectly, great. Keep those mindsets. But if you don't, that's maybe something you should start shifting. And
1: I, and I, I think I kind of want to tie this more to uh, people's schedule and, and and their lifestyle. Like, you know, we talk about um, what works for us in terms of our our process. Like we like to, you know, do a certain, um, like we wake up and we like to kind of do our warm, whatever warm-up routine that it is or no warm-up routine, whatever. We like to do a certain workout at the gym. Like we have our our certain weight, but that's not for everyone. Some people like waking up later. They like doing their workout at night. They like, like there is no, you got to find what works for you. And as long as you believe that it works. That's right. That's, that's the key. That's the, the mindset. That's the key. So, if,
0: if, so if you're like, I'm a nocturnal, I do my best work at night. That's your mindset. That's, that's your, your mindset.
1: Belief. That's your belief. And as long as it works, my it works.
0: mindset is I'm finished, dude. I'm, I'm tired and I want to sleep at like 10 o'clock because I don't want to wake up. Early. Right. Yeah. Because I do my best. I get more done in the day if I wake up early. That's my mindset belief. Even
1: though it might not be the case. As long as you believe that that's the most important thing. That's right. And that's what we mean by, you know, we we throw around the term delusional. And how can sometimes being delusional can actually, you want to delude yourself sometimes. That's actually in a way what we mean. It's what we mean. It's you want to trick yourself or blindly believe that you can do it even, or it, it is good even though there's no science to back that Hmm. right like you have an intuition that that works for you and it might but again you can't prove a lot of this stuff right it's all just up in here it's all in your mind which is fascinating let me quickly change the
0: camera and then we'll come back okay I want to share one of the mindsets that I had and I've I've talked about this on the podcast before Um, maybe I still got it to an element but you know everyone knows in the podcast I'm really critical of like game ending review mistakes right like if I make one mistake End review, right? That's where the end of review... That's where it originated, yep. right? I came up with that. Yep. <laughs> Very naturally. And my mindset was... And I had to change this. Was if I make a, a game, I deserve... If when I make one mistake, I deserve to lose the game. So I'll self-sabotage myself to make sure that I'm holding that narrative. Right? And I could easily have won a lot of those games if I just didn't make... Just keep done plays because I was, was weak because I've made a mistake. Just keep forcing plays, then... I would have won all those games. And that was a huge mindset. And, and, and yeah, you know, like I felt that mindset was really powerful, but it wasn't as well, you know? Like that's taking massive full responsibility. But, yeah. but then it's a, also double-edged, sword sword, it's a double-edged sword mindset, right? Yeah.
1: So I had to chip away at that mindset. Because it, it, you might have an intuition that it was there was benefits to it, mm. but it wasn't perfect. Like, no. I think a lot of people out there have some mindsets that are like, they're nearly there. Because I think that mindset was close. It's just not perfect. Like it needed a little bit a bit more alteration. Because you definitely want to, you know, have the mentality that I, I don't want to make a mistake. And mm. that I want to take full responsibility for my games. Mm. But I still want to play to win. And just because I make one mistake doesn't mean the game is over because right. everyone makes mistakes.
0: Exactly right. And then that's that's what I had to add on. Yeah, to add that. that on, yeah. That's more adaptive, isn't it? It's an adaptive, that's an yeah, adaptive it's an mindset. It's an adaptive
1: mindset, yeah.
0: I tell you, one as well. I want to get into what are people's mindsets around reviewing. By the way, in what way? Like when people start reviewing, because I know a lot of people don't review their games. Yep. you know, it's a common one. And even though they listen to the broken my concept, because it's hard to see the benefits straight away, and people get they get overwhelmed by what they look. They get stressed potentially from looking at the games because they get overwhelmed with information. And again, that's going back to they should be embracing that and just trying to work things out over mm. time. Yeah, like do you, do you have any like mindsets you think people have around reviews that are negative mindsets? Well, Okay,
1: let's let's talk with your mindset. Okay, what's your mindset in review? In yeah, reviews, any review? what do you what do you? What's your mindset like?
0: I'm looking for trends. Yep. Um, I am obviously looking for the end of review mistake. <laughs> 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 like when the game's like out of my control okay and i am yes yeah, making sure the fundamentals are polished up <laughs> polished
1: up i would actually say my mindset What's really depends mindset? on my emotional state really like i i i'm calling myself out here but the past i would say the past week and a half two weeks i've had a bad mindset yeah and niall exposed me yeah i i we had the accountability sheet and one of my my uh solo queue in my solo queue contract is i will stop my block if i'm not in my mental state and I've been permanently not in the right mental state. <laughs> really? And uh, Niles kind of called me out. Like, he, he prevented me from doing a four game block one day. Niles really been my savior, honestly. And, I had a really rough solo queue experience the last two weeks, right? Yeah, but that shouldn't... But what's the subconscious though? Because two weeks
0: doesn't ruin all the subconscious. No, I'm saying it, in it, it
1: influenced my emotional state, okay. which influenced my, your my, my, okay, my so mindset, you, I think.
0: Okay, so I guess you don't have like a, a mindset where... Like i
1: say my mindset is so adaptable, it really depends on what my emotional state is like, which is probably not good. Interesting. Like, well, Okay, well, usually if I'm somewhat... If I'm coherent and I'm in a good spot which i am i'm back in a good spot now like mentally like i, I kind of got my shit together um it's something along the lines of there's always room for optimization that's like my first mindset there's first something okay. that yeah. i could be doing better yeah let's just find what that is yep. that's like the underlying mindset like yep. i'm imperfect there's room for improvement love it that's the first underlying thing yep. i would also say even if i did something well there's probably an alternative uh, that's another mindset I guess I have there's always probably something I could have done better even though it worked because maybe it wasn't replicable um, and another mindset I guess is um, how do I be the most h- how could I have been the most impactful player like what's the most impactful player I'm always looking to mm. like I, I almost I like that word impact like because mm. there was a Kobe Bryant quote that really inspired me in an interview said what would make me the hardest to deal with mm-hmm. And oh, that's okay. like a big way I think about in the game of League. It's not really about ha- it's not really about if I win. It's more about what would have been the hardest to deal with. Like a lot of the time I've been winning recently, I haven't been happy because I just feel low impact. Mm. Like I won, but I'm like, oh, this is <laughs> even if yeah. it looks good, it yeah. feels bad. Yeah. I don't feel like i like there's a feeling in a game, right? When you're playing like when you're playing at a higher game, right? Say Master Plus. There's a feeling you get when you you were the one that contributed massively to the to the win and there's a feeling you get when you don't really feel like you contributed much at all and i and i'm always trying to find a way to replicate the games where i'm high impact like they're the ones i love even if i make mistakes in those games if i felt high impact and my deaths were high impact and my everything about the way i played the game was high impact then i'm happy Mm. like i feel content i feel like that's something i really want to push towards you know um and that and that also ties into like the way i play a lot of my champs like i like to play even my control majors in a fast paced way that's high impact i don't even though i could play slow and scam I, I just hate it and one thing i realized this past two weeks i defaulted to a slower style mm. and it screwed me up got it it screwed me what
0: up that Victor game that, we yeah, play that you was Victor uncomfortable games with?
1: Where, like i'm never i hate playing like that like even if it can work it's just not my style Like I, I I never play Victor this scaling slow way, and I did it like a few games, and it it really affected my confidence. I'm like, what am I doing? This is not me. This is not how I play League, and um, yeah, that's just like my mentality. Usually, it's how can I be high impact. So I would say they're my core three or four mindsets. Um, in the MLA, when it comes to reviews, I think a, a big one is there was not much to take away from the game. I think that's a mindset people come in. It's like, yeah, what I guess their first mindset is all this other bullshit happened in the game. Therefore I can't learn much. Maybe. I think that's kind of one that you do get with people. Like there's all this shit that happened that was out of my control. Therefore I can't take much away from the game. I guess mm. that's a mindset.
0: Um, the biggest question I want oh, people... No. It's hard to say. And what she talks about is like, just think about trying to have an answer to these. Like, I won't even give you really answer. I just want just your thoughts there. But mm-hmm. just ask yourself the question, what's your mindset towards reviews? Again, like what's your mindset towards certain aspects? What's your mindset towards dying? You know, we talk about, there's, there's levels of like hating that death and like going mm-hmm. into like that death versus, ah, oh, it's just a death. Yeah. Like what's your mindset towards certain aspects of the game? And if you actually think about this, it's... You know, you can start to like break down your game, I you, believe. You
1: know, um, to to wrap this up, Nathan, before we go on to mailbag, one of the big themes of the BBC that I really want to continue to push, Nathan, is just the importance of being adaptable, like having an adaptable mindset. Absolutely. I think we live in a day and age right now where you've got to be adaptable. Like you've got to be so comfortable with change and like having success than failure and then having to change that and what, what works what doesn't work you've got to be ready to change and
0: when we live in a fast moving world Jono would always start and that's why Jono Jonathan Brown the podcast we did with him you know a bit of a boomer yeah he loved League of Legends even though he never saw it because he was just like this replicates real life so well fast move, the patches fast patches, patches every patch bam, bam 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 it's no longer the time where you sit with your company for 40 years. You know, that's just gone that's those gone. times. You know, you're going to get three, three years, not. next job. You know, what's the thing? What's the next freelance work? You know, what's the next project? Bam.
1: You're always having to adapt. I think that's a really powerful COVID message. pops off. COVID comes out of nowhere. You have to change your entire lifestyle. Mm. And, you know, there was a, a Timofa in the MLA. He said to me, Curtis, um, I'm really thankful for the MLA because I came back from work and one of my colleagues, he said, a forty year old dude he said, Yeah, I, I should probably do that, but am I d I'm I'm too old, I can't change. Mm. That's terrifying. It's a fixed mindset. That, I mean Damn. that 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 if you like you hear that statement That's the belief, that's his mindset. Like, oh I just can't change. It's not me. Yeah. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> and get the hell out of there, you know? Like that's you got to be I mean, not saying quit your job, but like he's aware that that is dangerous and he's like we've we've helped him become more aware of how dangerous that can be and now he's thinking you know um i'm so thankful to be around people that are trying to grow and improve and have this adaptable mentality you know change be comfortable with change and that's what it's all about that's what it's all about all right we're
0: ready for some some mailbag questions let's get it let's bring out the sack and away we go! Jingle, jingle, jingle song. All right. Our first question here comes from Caitlin. The title of this email is Beginning my league journey, helping my boyfriend improve his relationship with the game. We talk a lot about having a healthy relationship with the game, so this is a very uh what is it a uh very relatable question hi nathan and curtis thank you for the broken by concept podcast i found your content a few months ago and i've been listening ever since i hope it's okay that i asked two different questions in this email to provide some context i just recently started playing league of legends around april of last year league is my first moba as well as my first ever pc game wow that's gonna be a tough journey isn't it? that's that's rough it's rough I initially began playing as I wanted to learn more about something my boyfriend enjoys. My boyfriend has been playing League from about Season 3 and has stuck with it ever since. So, as a veteran of the game. As I've been learning the game, it's now become something that I play for myself and not my relationship. So, she originally went in playing it. Yep. You know, because she wanted to see what more interests. And then yep. now she's like, she's just loving the game. And she's hooked. As a lot of people <laughs> get into. <laughs> I'm 25 years old and work as a social worker in NA. I really enjoy having something that I can work towards that is not tied to my career, Career, as it feels good to improve at something that is in my control. On the other hand, I can't help but feel like I have a significant disadvantage against the players that have been playing league for years. I ended our season... So last season in Iron 3. I know it's embarrassing, and have been struggling in ranked ever since I started. That's literally what be expected. Yep,
1: that's completely normal.
0: Yeah. I have tried to find resources to help me learn what I should do to climb out of this ELO. However, many of the videos I've watched have not been helpful and will often degrade iron players or say things like, just get good forehead. <laughs> <laughs> I now realize I've probably jumped into rank too quickly and did so because my boyfriend and his friends encouraged me to play ranked so that I could learn the game at my level. God, you played normal's bots for a year, right? I played bots for about a year. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you got to do the, t- the Curtis tactic, The normal's bots. Yeah. Jeez, yeah. Maybe jumping into ranked.
1: No, it doesn't make sense. It's never, it never made sense to me.
0: Yeah. Until Just, you, like, know... There's no
1: the point. Why are you trying to compete when you don't even know mm. how to play your champ? Mm. Like, and ranked is a competitive environment. Yeah. Like just play normals <laughs> like why did the add stress
0: yeah i think that that not, well curtis you're saying stress now stress is good maybe that forces well it it's to,
1: added stress it's already going to be stressful that's right that's correct <laughs> <laughs> yeah. league is stressful no matter yeah, what
0: yeah yeah so maybe that's maybe yeah go back to normal games for another whole season you know maybe that's some advice there okay, we'll finish it off first yeah.
1: and we'll see
0: um where am i uh So now I realize I probably jumped into rank too quickly and did so because my boyfriends encouraged me to learn the game at that level. I have definitely improved since I started, as now I no longer die over and over and have started to learn how to impact the game more. Now the issue is that I'm not sure where to go from here, as I often become discouraged by my MMR and occasionally get overwhelmed by the chaos of the game. So far this season, I've been able to get myself to iron one by winning the majority of my games, 10-13, LP a win and losing 23 LP a loss. I know it's pain. Uh, mid is my primary role and body is my secondary. I mostly play Ari and Lux. However, I also play Seraphine and Vex on occasion. I can't tell you how many times I've gotten flamed as a girl playing the Eagle Champions. My main question is what should someone at my level of play be focusing on to improve? Would it even be possible for someone new to league PC gaming like me to one day get to silver or gold?
1: So answer that first. That's her first question. Well, I have a video. I have a video that talks about... Um, for bronze and silver players. Even though she's iron, I, it would still apply. Yep. Um, on my channel. Check it out. So that
0: will... What's the TLDW, Curtis?
1: Um, I actually can't remember. You can't remember. I can't remember. But I do know that it was something about, you know, how you just should... It's just chant mastery, not overcomplicated. Like, playing the loser's game just real 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 basics like not even reviewing <laughs> like no you, you don't, don't review don't yeah. review just play like you need like i've actually had reps i had a lot of criticism i get, I had a comment actually on that video mm. recently like sometimes i read some comments i get as notifications and one of them just like straight out abused me saying this is so disrespectful and you're just basically saying that we're trash like i never said that whatsoever all i said was that well you're you're, you're really you know
0: we're in the hyper learn stage, and you right. want reps.
1: Yeah, like if you view yourself as a toddler. You you kind of just do like when you're a toddler. You don't need to review <laughs> no. anything. You don't <laughs> need to study. You don't go
0: to school you and just get a degree. Learn. Like you just naturally learn <laughs> yeah. just by yeah.
1: being, just putting yourself Learned in how how to walk situations and, talk and yeah. just feel like. Mm. What I would, this is the way Caitlin, you got to view it. League is again. I've said this many times, but league is. feel and 30% like prefrontal cortex type logical thinking what you want to do is you really want to get the feel stuff done first like like Um, focus on just developing a feel for the game feeling damage feeling what happens how the champions work how the kits interact range ranges and getting comfortable with casting abilities like just the feel of the game that's all you really want to be focused on and have fun fun is the most important thing Mm. fun 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 play champs you enjoy don't think about your rank or anything like Mm. that that's why I don't even think rank is important Mm. at all Mm. like you should be playing normal games Mm. Um, That's why you should have played a lot of bot games as well. But bot games, normal games, probably too late for bots now, but you could definitely get value from normal games. And it's not like you're playing... Without intensity, you're still playing to try, like you're still trying to win. Like, I was, I try hard at norms, like, yeah, <laughs> me too. <laughs> like, I, I try, well, yeah. I tried to really I win, lose. and you know, I tried in my bot game so hard, yeah, that I would do this cheese thing level one and gain aggro of the bots as they walking to lane and <laughs> always get first blood. <laughs> That's awesome, like, dude. I try hard at bot games, yeah, like, yeah. L- without exaggeration. That's awesome, but that taught me things because mm. I was, I resonate with Caitlyn in the sense that it was my first MOBA. Like I had, I had no one to teach me in MOBA.
0: No, you did it all on your I own. I did it
1: all on my own. Like no, no one was really. with me and there was no content yeah. in season one. So all I did was just play and I'm like, what figure this out, <laughs> just figure it out. So that's, but in a way I think it helped me a lot. And I think it would help Caitlin. Like, sure. You can watch my video on my channel and I think it will give you a good guideline, but but I think that what you'll get, hopefully, from that video is that you really want to keep it as simple as possible and just play for fun. Really, as, as simple as 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 poor advice that may seem, it really is important. Um, and what you what you'll get, what you'll find, and this is the f- the most important thing: you want to make sure that you're creating your own hypotheses about everything. So, so the dangerous thing about um, the okay, how do I frame it? If you were to watch a lot of videos or a lot of content on climbing as, let's say you're playing Lux and you watch all this content, you watch all these videos, you do all this stuff. What's going to happen is that you're actually not starting from Like there's no initial baseline that you've created yourself to build from. You're actually starting with someone else's foundation. So I believe that the best way to learn is you go in there, you have a crack, you create your own foundation first with pure feel, pure intuition, what works for you what hasn't worked for you, then once you're starting to feel a little bit confused or like you've, you've, you've then you Then They get that, other people's
0: views on yeah, the Yeah, you get other
1: people's yeah. views later on. Yeah. like Because otherwise you're just going to automatically agree with whoever it That's is you right. watch. Yeah. Like imagine if you've... It's like when you watch a podcast about someone has like a... a to, like say you've never heard someone's opinion on terrorism and you listen to this person be really, really you're anti-terrorism and you're never hearing the other side of it you're never hearing you're like
0: oh that makes sense that's great yeah what? that's great yeah cool I know this yeah. is a terrible
1: take because terrorism is pretty one-sided but- <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's the worst analogy
0: dude how about <laughs> something else how about how about something like uh, <laughs> I don't know where that game from. Let, let's say <laughs> Uh, some sport Like let's oh, say Badminton Right You listen to a Badminton podcast You've never played Badminton in your life Okay, okay? That's bad. That's more is that fr- family, family friendly yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah So you, you go in And you know nothing About badminton And they're talking About all this okay, stuff. Actually to, this isn't? is
1: Dead serious Dead serious yeah. I actually play Badminton right I played it on the weekend yeah, Right okay. For fun Right yeah, And, yeah. and uh, it, it wouldn't matter how many videos I watch, yeah. <laughs> right? Because you just got to feel yeah. how the hell it works. Yeah. Like, like, sure, I, I could get some little tips on how to hold the racket better. <laughs> but like, if you can't, if you have no hand-eye coordination, it doesn't mean jack shit. Yeah. So like, you just got to do it. Yeah. So um, yeah, don't calm down on the rank. Focus on Champ master. You're playing too many champs. Play two champions. Yeah. Gr- you know Champs that you love. Doesn't matter if it's Lux, Seraphine, Vex, whatever. Play them. Play around. Whatever. And have some fun and r- look at that video and you can easily get to gold. That's, there's yeah. no question of that. Yep. Like, it's, ridiculous. it's just going to
0: take some time, maybe like two years. You reckon?
1: I don't even want to put a timer on it. I actually yeah. just be really curious yeah. and open-minded. You could even do it in six months. You know, who knows? Okay. Like she could be just click with certain things. Like I've seen some remarkable climbs. It's so hard to say. I don't want to limit her by saying, Oh, it's going to take two it's months. True, yes, just yeah. Keep an open mind. I when agree. it comes,
0: it comes. Adaptable mindset. My second question is related to my boyfriend and his relationship with League. Over the last few years, he has become increasingly frustrated at the game. This game that used to make him happy now makes him feel tilted and depressed after playing. Whether those feelings are due to a loss or disappointment with his own gameplay, my boyfriend is a Katarina one-trick with almost 800,000 mastery points. He usually places in gold, but does not play much ranked after his placements due to becoming easily tilted. He has, uh, he has also been struggling as League is something all of his friends have in common, but his extreme tilt at the game has caused him to feel slightly more isolated. I think this issue started to escalate once I started to, I started to play consistently as well. This isn't due to him being a shithead, but rather loneliness caused him not getting enjoyment out of something both myself and his friends love to play. My boyfriend has ADHD, uh, but does not believe that his ADHD is related to his problems with League. Is there anything I could do to help my boyfriend form a better relationship with the game? I love my boyfriend very much, and it breaks my heart to see him so saddened by something that he used to love so much. It's a tough
1: one.
0: It is a tough one.
1: Well, you know, look, I don't want to say that his ADHD is, but it.
0: From our experience, that League. It nearly is the, always does. League is the perfect environment to trigger off ADHD.
1: Or the neg, or, it, or ADHD does, definitely doesn't help. Yeah, is what I'm saying. What well, I mean, what's
0: our episode on the ADHD?
1: We have an episode on ADHD. ADHD that just I've
0: been my concept ADHD. It
1: would be it would be worth listening to for her, for Kaylin, maybe to get a little bit of context it, of her yeah. of his behaviours. Hmm. I mean, again, we're probably going to have to make a few assumptions here about her boyfriend Nathan, and I'm I, I, and I don't want to offend him if he listens to this, but I'm assuming he's a he's like a, a grinder. By the sounds of things, like he's a Katarina one trick. He's got eight was eight hundred thousand mastery. I don't know how many games that equates. I don't to. even know what that. Means. I don't really know what that means either. <laughs> but, yeah. but it sounds like a lot. It's a big number, <laughs> right? Yeah. But, but um, I'm assuming that he's played a lot of games over the years. Like he said, played from season three. He's an old school player. He he subscribed to the narrative that you know back in the day. I mean, when we played then, no one reviewed. Right? No. There was no process. Like you there just wasn't a, such
0: thing as improvement. It's just you, you're good or you're you bad. Just play. Yeah. It's
1: like some people rise, play, to the whole, some people fail. That's right.
0: <laughs> you, you, that's simple, all simple one. as that. You play the game. You're just gonna end up where you end up. It's just luck, <laughs> that's what it was. Apparently, yeah. Luck of the draw. Yeah.
1: But we now <laughs> got a little bit better understanding of the game so we can you can learn but the the cra- even though it sounds really basic, he probably doesn't genuinely believe he could get better mm. and he doesn't know how to get better
0: he would have he'll be so stuck in his ways as well yeah. playing for that long yeah
1: yeah so so usually okay I've worked with a lot of Katarina one tricks, yep you can um, they characterize by the tricks. following okay here we go. <laughs> Um, they're incredibly intuitive players. They rely basically all on feel and intuition with the game yep. and especially old school players. So he's actually the combo. He's the combo deal. Mm. He's the Katarina one trick mm. who people who, um, who are very int- uh, usually intuitive type players like to play plus he's an old school player. So you're always ever going to be an intuitive player because there is no such thing as a very thoughtful, you know, I guess logical type player who has played that long because it's was just the way you trained back then. So he's the double whammy. He's the overly intuitive feel oriented player. He's maxed feel to the to the nth degree. So I guarantee you when he plays, he doesn't think about how he wants to play his matchup. He doesn't think about wind conditions. He doesn't think about um, why he dies. His fundamentals in warding and leaning, probably non-existent. He probably has very poor fundamentals. But the the thing is with him is that when he he I, I can basically guarantee that he doesn't review and even if he did review he would skim over it and he wouldn't take responsibility for those mistakes. There would be so much to unpack there. So step number one for him, I would say, is um, he's got to start to to really think about why. Even though this sounds really basic, but why things happen. So say he dies, right? Um, Let's say he goes into a fight and he dies and they they lose the team fight. His initial response is going to be, my team sucks, they messed up somehow. When it needs to be, why did this go wrong? Just be curious. Like he, He's probably missing, missing the entire curiosity aspect, which is incredibly tilt-inducing. And where most tilt comes from, Caitlin, in my experience and with a lot of clients, is not because they... Are genuinely confused. Uh, no, it's not because they are bad or make the mistake. It's actually because they don't know how to get better and they don't know what went wrong. Mm-hmm. The most frustrating thing in li- in any in any endeavor, if you do something so much and you're still not getting better and you don't know and how you to get better, think it's out
0: of your control.
1: Well, you're inevitably going to think it's out of your control if you've done something okay. so much and you still haven't yep. got better. So he needs to really create a process, really to get better. He needs to learn how to learn, essentially. So step number one, look at the review, come in as if you're, you're, a, you're a scientist, you make a play, that's your, you know, that's your initial experiment, and just look back and observe what the hell happens and why. Now, always assume that when you're doing this, that you're wrong, right? Assume that you've done something wrong. You
0: haven't got the results. And again, going back to the, the mindset, you know, mindset about certain aspects of the game.
1: Well he has got no results to show for his work, so obviously he's doing something wrong, right? Mm. You can't delude yourself here. Mm. So if you get into it, right, and you just don't overcomplicate it, go to his deaths. Just go to your deaths. So we start with. Why are you dying? Well, you're jumping in when your jungler's gank you're trying to solo kill mid when your jungler's ganking top. Or you're jumping in when you have no vision on the enemy nocturne who's level six. You're jumping in when the enemy sword's missing. Or you're 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 diving into a team fight when no one can follow up and they've got all their CC available. You're you're dying because your are waves in the most terrible state. Whatever it might be, you know you just got to just again look at it and observe. Once you start to make sense of things, you have some semblance of what the hell's going on. You can you can now start to piece things together and create a little bit of a plan, or maybe focus on some certain elements. That is all he needs to do, really. Would you have anything to add on to that, Nathan?
0: Uh, my initial reaction is thinking bigger picture. Why... He, he should question why he plays the game. Why does he love the game? You know, sit down and like write these things down. Mm. Obviously, the friendship group and stuff. It sounds like he... I think he does love the game still. If he do still love the game, he probably loves the game. He so certainly has been playing that well, long. He,
1: he could also just be addicted, dude. He could ADHD, just be Because ADHD... That's and, true. And I've actually noticed that people with ADHD are more inclined to play champions like Katarina because mm. they're more dopamine-inducing. That's right. So he is likely very addicted to the game. Um, yeah, so
0: then he needs to also assess whether he's addicted. and Yeah. Maybe he needs to cut it out. But, yeah, I mean, it sounds like his friendship were re- re- reliant and obviously you now, Caitlin, playing the game. So, some questions to ask. And, again, I reckon watching that video... He
1: really needs to just watch the BBC as well, man. Yeah. He, he, he really needs to watch the Season 12 Rank Guide. He needs to watch the ADHD episode. And he needs to just kind of skim over a lot of these episodes. We have really. an episode about why you play League yeah that's a great one. you understanding your lead journey. Yes, that's a great one. yeah. Um, uh, there's a lot there expectations, stuff about expectations there's a lot of great stuff. <laughs> just watch just things. watch just, just watch the podcast. listen to the <laughs> podcast. but yeah hopefully that gives you something to really latch onto there's something there hopefully that gives you a bit of context of what he might be experiencing Caitlin. but ultimately he does yeah need to get into the details that's for sure.
0: Alright, so uh, this is a question from Stove. He used to be in the Saltu. A mailbag, a paradigm shift in reviews. DBBC, Stove here, former, sorry, new job. Uh, you got a new job. Solto member with a question regarding the nature in which we do reviews. Uh, like many who follow the BBC, I used to review my games with my main focus being on my few, first few mistakes in the early mid game. I sometimes watch pivotal moments in my games, but typically I don't even watch past the 15-minute mark. And, you know, so I would have learned that from me. I mean, that's the way I do reviews in Soul 2 specifically as well. Now, something that I've noticed since objective boundaries have been implemented is that comebacks seem to be a lot more common. Mistakes by the winning team seem to be more punishing this season than any other season before. This might not even be true since I don't have actual data to back this up, but it got me to to thinking how I would change my review process to benefit from the perceived chaotic meta. To me, champion mastery is more important than it has ever been. A high mastery of your champ will lead to cleaner gameplay. Cleaner gameplay means fewer opportunities to lose winning games by giving away kills such objective bounties. Additionally, high champ mastery will allow you to find more windows back into the game when on... The, side, the losing side of kill objective bounties. For the last few weeks, I've been watching full VODs of some of my closer games with a particular focus on how I was playing my champion. I asked myself if I was playing to my champion's limits and if I was making any mechanical mistakes. I compared VODs of top players playing my champion and compared to them how I was piloting my champion. I was striving to play beautiful League of Legends. I found that focusing my reviews on improving champion mastery in this manner has been very fruitful How do you guys at the BBC podcast feel about adding in a review process that focuses less on the end of review early game mistakes and more on holistic champion mastery improvement? Look forward to hearing
1: from you. love the podcast. Do you want me to start? Or do you want to start? You start on this one, Um, Well, I think there's a few things here. I think first we need to think about where he's at, what rank. Uh, And like, so if he's, I think if you are higher ranked, like if you're Master Plus or D D2 Plus, I think you do get value from doing more holistic, that's what I'll call like a holistic review, kind of just looking over key mistakes, but also just a lot of mechanical errors, looking at everything, essentially. Because the, by then you should have the fundamentals down pat. If you're in, in, you know, platinum and stuff like that, I don't, I think that you're probably missing some 10% there by going through everything and you're probably overwhelming yourself in the review. What I will say here, though, is that I don't like that approach, but, but like, looking at every aspect of your skirmishing, because, and, like, just mechanical, and your like, I'll get specific. Like, I would actually go a little bit more granular. It's like
0: alt usage, cues. Like, Well... For some reason, I'm thinking of Diana right now, right? Um, I actually can't remember what's to overplay, but... Let's say Diana. like let's say you skip to the mid game and -hmm. then you're looking at the way you're engaging. I think that's funny. You look
1: at every skirmish and the way you engage with whether you have to wait. I would even go, I would approach it a different way. Yeah. I would say, I would say that ties into your, your role assessment. Like, did you identify your your role in this comp? And we had this discussion and I kind of got angry at you for like the way you're playing fights. Yeah. And the the specific situation was that you're playing Senzao. We had a really strong front to back. Yep. I was playing Cassio. We even had an Nivea Eddie carry. Yep. And all I want, like these two champs, Anivia and Cassio, we want the enemy to come to us. So all we got to do is sit on the dragon. It's spawned. Let them come to us. But then in that fight, you like spamping mid. I want we, a mid prior. You want a mid prior to get the dragon. Right, when dragon was already spawned, but, yeah. but, so then we like then have to move to mid, but then we've lost our position and, and then you engage. So then you're as our going forward and then me and are on the back thinking well, what do we do? Like we have to walk all the way to you engaging.
0: That's not your ideal situation. So,
1: like I would review that not in like the way you're engaging. like think about your role and the way you your yeah, comp that's fights. It's your role. It's yeah. your role. Yeah. Like yeah. think about your role in fights and the way you win the game with this composition. So that would be yeah. a way I would review the game is like was my was the way I perceived my role in this game correct? So an example for me is if I'm playing Twisted Fate, I'll look at situations like, was my role this game to make picks or was it could I just play the front-to-back team fight with, with goal cards? And how did that work? And I'd get into the details and like really look at my role. Um, yeah, you could do it your way, by look at specific ability usage. You could look at it, how did I use my ults in these fights or how did I use my Zinzel, you know, alt, whatever, to split the fight. But again, I think you'd get more value from thinking of it from like a role perspective Rather than an ability specific, because you need a reference point to how you use your abilities. The way you use your abilities is always tied to your role in a fight. Yeah, you in need the game. context of the role. in yeah. need context. So that's a, a way to review games. I yeah. like that. Um, because, but otherwise, if you're true, if you're just like looking at it really like roughly and thinking, oh yeah, here I could have used my E better. Here I could use my W better. You're not really get. You're got to look at why you use your abilities that way and where does that come from? Again, it ties back to your role and your win conditions that's like a win cons and rolls are a great like thing to look at in your reviews um if you want to go down that route yep i would agree i mean it
0: also depends on the champion you're playing i think as well Mm. like you know if i'm playing reksai like reviewing i guess like you could do still as well have the but it's way more important to focus on the early game for me because that's my champion strength that's true. That's where I'm going to get the biggest leads. I mean, as a jungler as well, specifically as a jungler. As a jungler, you, you first have ten the minutes are so important. You have, the most in, you have a lot of impact. And it's not so much in terms of your impact, it's denying the enemy jungler's impact because that's going to flow on the whole flow of the game. Like, unless you're playing scaling jungle like Carthus or something, then it's like less, but even then, still. But I mean, I'm just, I mean, again, me personally, I'm obsessed with the first 10 15 minutes. If you ask me the only thing I know about League of Legends, I just know how to review the first 10 15 well,
1: minutes. Well, I'm actually. As a jungler. So I totally agree with you, Nathan. But I also want to explain the flip side here. Yeah. And this is going to be a bit of a jab at your process. Yep. Here and and your what you what I've seen. Yep. Um, so I totally agree. I think with junglers, your first 50 minutes are so important. Like you basically dictate the entire early game. That's like, right. Like I had a question from a 2 member, by the way. For me, he asked me, like, what's more impactful, like, middle jungle, and I said. Well, it's even hard to answer that question because it depends on the champ as well. But like, I think that jungle as a whole is more impactful in the early stage and mid is more impactful later on, like as a premise, I would say, Mm. but, but anyway, um, we, we played like a few games earlier recently and I I just think that your mindset towards this could be detrimental in the long run. Like there was a fight where I swear we could have won it if you played the fight better. Like it was a mid game fight, but you would never review like that. Like it feels like to me, you would skim yeah, I wouldn't, over that. I wouldn't, yeah, like for example, so to give a bit of context, it was a yeah. game where I was playing Casio, and we end up like it was a really tough game, but like we stalled out the game, and me and I was playing Casio, and we had an Ezreal, we we scaled and we had damage, like we we, we spiked to our items, and Nathan was playing Zin's out and um they had a comp that like wanted to run into us, and if they dove into us and we peeled back, I, I was really confident we'd win the fight, and we had this fight in the jungle where. Me and Ezreal peeling back, they were diving onto us. And instead of Nathan splitting the fight and like peeling, he like just dove onto the back line with the support or whatever it was. And I remember looking in the review, and I'm like, sure, there's things we could have done in the first you know 15 minutes here, but we could have just won this game if you peeled here. Like if you just peeled me and Ezreal, prevented us from getting one shot, peeled with the fury or whatever it was, we would win the probably win the game to be honest. And like, I think that that ties into your mentality in the game is i'm only useful the first 15 minutes and there's things i could have got done there and there's great learnings are really important but i think as well like your skirmishing as a jungler is still really important like in your role assessment and i think that you've gotten blasé with it in a way subconsciously yep. i think no, you've gotten I, blasé with
0: great it. no i mean i mean my my perspective right now like in my mindset is yeah I can't get challenged if I can't skirmish better right now yeah. my skirmishing's horrible I'm probably the the worst skirmisher but do
1: but I don't think your skirmishing is because you don't play enough it's games just, no, as I well no don't, don't focus on it That's you don't thing. focus on it That's right you don't, you don't think of it in terms of your role that much I yep. think like so and I've told you I think that the way you gotta, you gotta look got to well aware you got to look at it and be like, "How? How does this? Not just don't look at the mechanics. Stop looking at the mechanics. Yeah, you always you tunneling on mechanics way too much. Yeah,
0: and abilities. Not the role in the fight. Yeah,
1: like if you actually step back, it's it's not your R usage on Ziza. It's not your. It's not your unburrow when you unburrow on Rex and shit. I think that game specifically, I do Curtis. I can
0: review a game. Where I know my role in the fight. I just, I mean, I definitely won't focus on it that much. I mean, if I lose that Skirmish, I know but why I, I, I lost the Skirmish. I think, I'm almost scratching my head. No, yeah, but I
1: think now in this meta, you're going to be in that situation a lot. Like, the way the game is played out now, and it actually might be for the entirety of the year, is that there's just Enchanter bot lanes with, with hyper carry, 80 carries, and there's going to be a lot of teamfights. Yeah. Like, you've got to get good at team fighting. Like, I feel like this I is agree. actually the most teamfighting meta yeah, we've had I agree. in years.
0: Well, currently I'm two hundred LP, we'll see if I never if I never climb higher than this, there you go. I never fix that that mindset, that mistake. So everyone can hold me accountable on the BBC podcast where I get better at skimming and focus on it. Not even get better at focus on it.
1: And and you know how to you know how to get better at it.
0: Yes. Very easily, dude. I just have to focus on it, dude. All right. Curtis, there's so many mistakes I'm still making in the early game. Like I, I if I my again, my mindset is you can win games as the jungle in my play style in 15 just, minutes and it's better to put my look, i don't like,
1: i don't want to make this whole segment here but I, I just i just think me and you differ on the way we approach improving those aspects yeah potentially like and i'm not saying i'm right like yeah. i mean i could be wrong but when i look at us when i look at a skirmish i don't look at like i feel like you look at micro way way sooner than me like you look at like I'm already thinking about my mindset in this fight. Like I'm looking at my like why am I how am I thinking in this fight? Like I'm looking at again. I'm really hyper focusing on my role straight away and my wing on assessment. Whereas I think the way you talk is like, oh yeah, I just missed my e here or some shit. Like yeah, but in my mind, I
0: it's in the context of the I don't have to right. say it. Right. right. Like I when I, mean, I would say like I missed my e or something, it's it's not about that. <laughs> it's about. You know, my role, it's like, I shouldn't be going in because specifically, you know, I have a cast every Nivea, I should be playing slower, like...
1: But in my mind, like, and and this is the last thing I'll say, Nathan, it shouldn't even be remotely possible that you play like that. You really think so? Like, that's such a basic mistake, it is. It ba- does look basic, yeah. Like, it's so basic. It is like, basic, I agree. That sh- it's, like, it's like me playing Cassio and flashing <laughs> into the... Like, it wouldn't happen. Like, it's true, it's true. If you I know agree. your champ and yeah. you know your role, you would never do that. It's not even yeah. in the realm of possibility. Yeah. That's why I think it's a red flag to me. It's like, sure, you can write this off, but... I guess the way you think about it, I've
0: got all my chips in the early game, right? Yeah. And then I will look like a bronze in other aspects of the game. Yeah. But you're more well-rounded.
1: Yeah, I don't think I over-index in any area. But I think you should...
0: Like, I think chips. you would have
1: way more results if you did. I, I think you're right. I think yeah. you would have way more results if you put just a bit more focus on those mid-game fights. Like, just hold Let's yourself to, like... Fuck. It's not the mechanics. Just, just focus on yep. how does your champ want to play in this comp. Yep. And I think you have a lot of success. Because I think you're good at that when you focus on it. Because that's where you used to focus on it. Like, remember when you played Udia? You were really good at peeling in fights. That's like, right. I knew how that to was much. your focus. That's that, right. You yeah. knew how to do that. Yep. But I feel like you lost that. Um... So yeah, I just didn't think it should be remotely possible. But anyway.
0: All right. So we'll work on that. We'll report to everyone back on how that's going for me because yep. I do agree. Yeah. Um, moving on here. Uh, we'll, so our, camera, our camera's die, but
1: we'll do one more question. Right. Yep.
0: Um, <laughs> A podcast? It's, <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> it's,
1: we're going to get it fixed, guys. Don't worry, we, we've got some plans. We've got some spicy plans. <laughs> This one's from Sydney.
0: The title of this email is, Is it, is it a difficult-slash-low-win-rate champion going to stunt my growth as a player? Um, hey, coach, I'm currently silver four, been playing for five months, and play mid. I play Annie, Ziggs, and Gallio for the first three months, learning the game, but eventually got bored of them and wanted to find a high-skill ceiling champ to main. For the last two months, I've tried every mid-mage until I found Rise. He's my favorite champion before. I have 35,000 mastery points on him. You know, do you know how many mastery points you got on any no, champion? I no, have no I've idea. Never I'd never, <laughs> even, never once, plainly, I've never looked at mastery. My entire time, playing I've never looked at mastery points. I don't even know how much I got on any champion. I couldn't tell you. No. Uh, mastery points on him and have watched a lot of higher players talk about and play him. So I definitely understand his basic identity and mechanics. He's currently my highest win at champion ranks, but this is likely just because of my improvement as a player and not because of Ryze in particular. Anyway, my question is, should I be discouraged by Rise's extremely low win rate and every high elo player telling me to stay away from him? I want to keep playing Rise, but not at the cost of stunting my growth as a player. Should I main Rise and supplement with basic champs, Ani, Galio, Ziggs, or just go back to playing the basic champs exclusively until I get to a high elo at the cost of being a little bored of them?
1: Well, look, I've altered the way I answer this question. I used to just default, like, don't play it. But look, if you love it, man... And that's why you get you get excited to play league because you're thinking of that rise. Just do it, dude. I agree. It's one of the hardest streams in the game. Yeah. So be careful, but you like if you really like, you'll find a way. That's right. You'll find a way to make it work.
0: And your mindset would be so healthy towards yeah. it as well. If you're like, I'm going to make this work, versus no matter what. I'm playing these champs like because they're easier. Like I feel like that's a negative mindset in a way.
1: Yeah. So look, I think across the board, as long as you're coming in with the mentality that yep, it's going to be a challenge and you're ready for that challenge and you're going to put in the time and the effort. You're going to really play with intensity and try to learn and be observant and, you know, have a crack. Then I have no problem with that, man. You, you're definitely not going to create bad habits with Rise. You know, you're only ever going to create good habits. It's, it's a very tough champion. And you're going to have to like really um, be, you're going to get punished for poor positioning um, and you're going to have to really think outside the box how you can use your R and things like that. But um, have a crack, man. It's not going to be easy, but have a crack. And, and I think worst case, I know what he could do. Right, he could just give it a few months, and if he's given it a few months and he's really getting no results and he's stuck, then you're not really gonna like. You still would have learnt a lot about the game. You can always go back to Annie or something, you know. Like it's not, it's not like you're you're going backwards. You're just not. You might just be stuck in place for a while. Um, so I don't really see a downside. Do it for five months, and then report back, and then um, you can always kind of yeah pivot. I think you'll really. I think. If, if you really love the champ as much as you say you do you'll make it work I agree you'll
0: make it work just because guess just know it's going to be very difficult yep it's going to be difficult though more difficult than you know you might see someone like your friend let's say he's at the same rank and he's playing Galio and he gets to like you like know, high he gets a yeah, platform and he's like you know so fast and you know that could like
1: yeah be prepared that that will happen yeah potentially your friend picks up Malz gets way past your rank in a light year and then you're like oh okay as long as you're okay with that. All right. What's well, the end of this podcast? Good work, everyone.
0: Mindset. This is a science episode for you. Yep. Any closing comments, Curtis?
1: Um. Good luck on the rift. Have good fun luck on, the, on rift. the rift. See you
0: next time.